0: so you, so you bought you bought your 18 and the 7 and just 797 it was like what 300 bucks okay so he has a three he he has so just for the most recent one that he built for example he built his 325 next gen va boom with um the multiprocessor and all the attachments all hand built all 3D printed, and then scaled and cut $2,500. Holy shit. Built from the ground up. And it has the GPS mass on it too, doesn't it? You can buy those now. This guy, um, oh fuck, what's his name now? Um, and
1: it says Stutzman on it. It's all branded and everything. So what the? I was talking to Jay this morning. The amount of money people spend on scale models it I don't want I, to talk about it. I appreciate scale models, it's a but lot.
0: I don't understand spending so, tens of thousands of dollars. So I don't, I don't like building case models. I do or not I don't like building cat models. I do case because nobody else does them. Yeah, but, wh- but but why would you want that? Because it's cool and nobody else has it. And I've run that. I've spent sh- that's probably the the 145 DSR is the is probably the excavator I've spent the most amount of hours on. Really? Yep. And I fucking love it. It is my favorite machine okay. of all well, time. Well that makes
1: sense. But if you're just getting a case excavator model just because no one has it,
0: that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm I'm slowly trying to go through and build all of the ones that I've 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 been on. And then I've got some rare ones like um I have two of these now. They're pretty hard to find. And then I have um I have one of those. Which is really hard to find too. I just I don't under, I don't understand the model game. I
1: don't I I appreciate it. I respect it, but I don't understand it.
0: See, I just don't like, I just like, I don't know what it is about it either, but although I just like buying the rare shit that really, I'll spend some time trying to find it or build it. I
1: wanted a 6015 just because I like the 6015. It's just a badass machine. I would love to have that on my desk.
0: That's a whole other conversation.
1: And then I think it might've been you connected me with some guy that has one. Oh, oh, I have in the box. Okay, great. Sure. How much is it? Twelve hundred dollars, whatever. Yeah, twelve hundred. Get out! I'm not you spending twelve hundred dollars. You could have, you could have it.
0: bought it brand new a year ago, two years ago for six hundred bucks. So that's, even
1: even that's a little
0: stretch, but I probably would have considered it at so six hundred dollars. That's the CCM game. I I will not buy a CCM model.
1: I just I just want a sixty fifteen model. I don't care who the fuck makes it. You could probably I want that and a sixty twenty model.
0: Okay, that's... It, believe it or not, 6020 is actually cheaper than 6015.
2: Really? Do they come, like, already put together? You're not having to... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: unless... Yeah, sure. 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 Unless it's a crane. The cranes don't. Sure. Um,
2: Boxes aren't big enough?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'm just not a crane yeah, guy. Yeah, the 6020B is actually cheaper than... I don't get it. I don't either. I mean, yeah. Well, $1,200. $1, great price. That's not a great... That's not a great price. What the hell? Uh, Yeah, I don't get the CCM thing. But I guess
1: they're going up in value. They're appreciating. They're an investment. The older ones are. (laughs) Unless you... (laughs) It's it's the new Beanie Baby. You have to
0: keep it in the fucking box. You can't take it out of the box. No, I can't take it out of the box. They're still worth the same if you take them out of the box.
1: You know who has a ridiculous amount of models, but they're just like in a closet somewhere? Anthony? Ryan Goodfell. Really? Yes. I am pretty sure... His basement is full of models. Huh. I'm pretty sure because I stayed at his house years ago. And he's like, check this out. And and loaded, loaded with models. But he doesn't have them out anymore. He just has them in the boxes. Ryan has... Maybe he's a model investor. He could be. He's not a model. He doesn't appreciate them. He's just strategic financial play.
0: I love talking to him because he's like one of the smartest... He just always has an idea.
1: We're going to have him on Dirt Talk. We're going to Salt Lake City in two weeks. Oh, yep. sick.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's, the, how's the portable system? Pretty cool.
1: Uh, we're going to... The podcast portable system? Yeah. we're going to run it in Salt Lake City. We're doing two yeah. in Salt Lake City. Is that the first time you've used it? No. Oh well eh, this, sort is, of. this is a modif this is gonna be the new Yeah, yeah.
2: So we did one with Sal when we went to first form. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh I forgot about that. Yeah. Um but oh. that was sort of like we were mm-hmm. kind of still dialing it in because we hadn't really been in this space very long. Yeah. Um we didn't have cameras yet, it was like a whole thing. So Matt just like had his one camera and he just set it up. Yeah. But for this one, we'll have like the full camera setup. Um it's gonna be great. We slick. Nice. That was sort of a uh, let's just toss a bunch of stuff in the car. and We can make it happen. Gotcha.
1: Well, you have to see this <clears throat> pelican case he's put together. Too. Yeah, he I'm he almost was, done.
0: He was showing it to me last time, and it's like Getting pretty fancy. Not only is it the world's most it's, adorable, it is adorable. It is so small on mm-hmm. the planet.
1: Um, but Ryan, I almost want to buy one of those just to carry like my wallet, and my keys, <laughs> you open <and> my <laughs> they, phones.
2: In
0: they make those. <laughs> have you seen? No. Have you gotten the ads for like the the? It's um, it's like this big. Yeah. No, I a little, I, the But I, they're I like hundred and fifty dollars.
2: Yeah. They're I, more than that thing. You just costs. carry it around like a briefcase. Yeah. Um You cut you cut out a spot in the foam just for like your key fob and that's it? Well and just like, hold on, I gotta start my car. What? Just in case just in case everything floods. Yeah, just m- in case you're like,
1: suddenly underwater at a moment's <laughs> notice. All of your stuff is good to go. Or someone pushes you into a pool. Uh, Not a problem. You yeah. never know. All my expensive stuff's in my p- Pelican case, you idiot. I hate when
0: I'm on site and somebody pushes me into a pool. <laughs> <laughs> a classic almost, okay. mishap. So I almost bought one. I almost bought one. Um, I almost charged one of the company card just so I would stop getting ads for them. I, I keep giving a, well, a fucking ad every day.
1: When I started the company, I would carry stuff around in Pelican cases. Yeah, I I had a Pelican case for my drone. It was a Mavic. Yep, and you know just carry it in a Pelican. Mm. It was awesome because when I would go out on a trip, I'd always be driving. I wouldn't be flying Mm. because I'd be driving to California from Arizona. Right. So I would pack. I had a big Pelican case with all my cameras and nonsense in it, and then a small Pelican case with my drone. And so I just grab the Pelicans, toss them in the trunk of my Camry, and head on out to California. Yeah, even like driving, I'd rather have a backpack. Well, but that's. That's the point of my photography career when I thought having a lot of gear was cool, and so you'd have, you'd have everything, everything, yeah. and it was wildly unnecessary. Uh-huh. You didn't actually use any of it, yep. but you felt really cool opening up a case and you're like, yeah, I have all these cameras and yeah. all this stuff, and nobody. Now cares. it's like I'm trying to carry as little as possible.
0: I don't even carry a second camera anymore.
1: That is stupid because that's. You should you should still carry a second camera. That it's
0: just like that's
1: a very cheap insurance policy, I guess. But because I will be chewing your ass if you show up somewhere, you bust your camera, you're shit out of luck. Then what? True, but the then second what do you do the
0: se- well, the second camera I was carrying wasn't even worth the fuck anyway. No, oh, you need an identical second camera. I know,
1: So... I I I brought two identical lenses to Saudi because it was like if I bust a lens, see, like you're, you're shit out of luck yeah. on the other side of the world. It's
0: it's well it's see. Just, m- well, see, my differences now is that I'm, I'm not, like, I'm going places. I'm in a weird transition where it doesn't, like, my photos aren't, um, how do I put this? I'm not showing up purposely to take photos anymore. That's yeah. where I'm at now. Yeah, but still. But still. I, I get what you're saying. Maybe I'll rearrange. Okay, so here's the like reason why. Matt was
1: carrying around one camera. I'm like.
0: Okay. You don't have two cameras, seriously? Well hear me out. Here's why I did it though. Because I carry the FPV and the batteries have to go in my bag. And oh, yeah. it was getting to be a lot of weight. It was forty eight pounds at one point in my backpack. You know how you know how annoying it is to I wonder what it almost crushed me one day when I pulled it from the overhead storage. <laughs> I think I think Angel
1: still holds the record for heaviest bag.
0: He he carries. Have you tried picking up his bag? He carries the heaviest physical and emotional baggage (laughs) of anybody (laughs) at this company. He's he's just
1: (laughs) he he doesn't. uh, It's so funny too because he he'll he'll at least back in the day he'd have a full backpack of camera equipment Uh and then would have like a cheap satchel full of drone batteries. Yeah.
0: (laughs) At one point he was using like he lost the satchel and he was using a Connex like the tote bag they give you for all the free swag. He was walking through the Miami. We, you were. It was when we went to, yeah. to, to um, uh, North American Mining. Yeah. He had like the bag that they gave him, and he's walking through the Miami airport with like a hundred pounds of batteries in this little bag, yeah. and it's like about to bust at the seams. <laughs> yeah. The lady at the at the check counter is like, "Oh, okay. Well, so back to Pelican cases. Um, the yellow one I carry with the FPV. They always think it's a gun for some reason." They always think it's a firearm. Well, because that's what most people put, than this? put firearms it's, in when they travel. It is probably about twice the size of that one. That's not a Pelican case. It's, a, it's some other brand. Oh, got it. Because Pelican, I wanted one that I could just drop the FPV in it and not have to cut the foam. Do you check it? I checked that, yes.
1: So you check the FPV, but you bring your normal, your backpack and your normal bag?
0: Nope. I checked the duffel bag too. Why would you do that? It's risky business. Okay, man. well, not going to say it. Uh, Not gonna fucking say it. You are playing with fire on that one. Not gonna say it. I, it's happened. So the, okay. So I'll say this: they haven't lost it yet, but it has been late. Well, I I usually always know where it's at. I also air tag my stuff. Yeah, I got two air tags from. My so bags. that was the most important thing that I think. But
1: I've the done. the thing is, like, I switch flights all the time too. Yes. And I just do. You have any baggage? No,
0: I'm good to go, man. Sure. I don't want to worry about that. Yeah. I'll I'll be honest. Most of the time that that happens is on the the the, the flight going home anyway. Yeah. So I usually don't give a shit at that point.
2: (laughs) You're just like it'll show up. I'll see my stuff one day. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great way to not. I've only
0: had I've only yeah I've only had to go to the airport one time to to pick up a bag that was late. Do you fly out of the Allentown Airport or the Philadelphia Airport? Okay, so I don't mess with Philly. That's a ball. Okay, so I don't mess with Allentown. I always go to Philly. Allentown's my favorite airport of all time to fly. I've with.
1: always gotten screwed there, so I just It'll, go to Philly.
0: I, More options. I I have problems at the at the connecting airports because there's always shit going on. But build Del- or Allentown, I walk in. There's no line. They're happy to <laughs> greet me. I get to look at posters <laughs> of Mack trucks far. on the wall <laughs> because the Mack trucks are built like 500 yards away. Really? Yeah. And then TSA is like, "Hey, how's it going? You want a cookie?" Then you walk through the TSA without uh-huh. problems, yeah. and you go and you sit in, like, the half-assed terminal they have with, like, a-, a gate that hasn't been used in 20 years, and then the other gate that they use for every single flight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just hang out, and it's a nice time. And then you get on the plane.
1: But then you have to go connect somewhere. You have to, what, what flight to Charlotte?
0: I, I can only get direct flights to Chicago or Charlotte. Yes. Yeah, so now you, you
1: have to connect to Charlotte every single so time.
0: I am experimenting with United next week. I flew to United the other day. I've heard DC No problem. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thing is um because I check my bags going to another airline, um, I'd have to start paying for my bags then until I got status. Mm. That's the only thing I don't like. So I'm trying yeah. to choose the, the the flights that I use. I'm trying to go with um, the flights that I don't need to bring on my shit. So if I can – like yeah. you started carrying the bag that doesn't have all your gear in it. What do you mean? Do you carry the orange bag everywhere still? Yeah. Oh, I thought you carried that black bag. Or you just did that locally, I guess, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um,
1: I always um, have my I, – I, I, so with with airlines, I used to just always fly American because that was – that's the
0: – It just made sense.
1: And it's the biggest airline in the world. And they can get you just about anywhere in the United States. So it was nice to just be consistent with one airline. COVID happened. And then all the airline routes went to shit because Mm -hmm. now they started eliminating all these routes that were direct flights that I used to have. So I used to be on American direct flight almost every time. Mm -hmm. But then they got away. They they completely got away with that. So you either have to go through DFW, Chicago, um, Philly is a big one, Charlotte. There's like a few airports that they route everything through now. Right. And you're almost always connecting. Mm-hmm. And then what happened, and it was nice during COVID because no one was flying. So you get upgraded every flight and you didn't care. But then everybody came back and they forced all their damn yeah. flight attendants and pilots into retirement. Idiots. And even though they took all the government money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take all the government money and then still be completely ridiculous at operating a business. Right. So then all the, all the, like the flights just became a total disaster. And I got so sick of being bumped on flights that I started just picking, if there was a direct flight option, that's the airline I'd fly. So now I have zero loyalty to any kind of airline whatsoever after being screwed by Americans so many times. I'm I mean, Southwest, United, Delta. I'll fly whatever airline it is,
2: as long as it's direct, unless it's something like Allegiant or Spirit. I don't, I don't. Refuse. Yeah. Well, when we're going to Salt Lake City, we're doing, you know, what, United out and Southwest back.
1: Probably Delta, really, or yeah. maybe Delta. Yeah, Sorry, I, I couldn't say, remember.
2: It was, but it was one of those. Yeah, Delta. No.
1: That's like their second biggest. But hub. airline loyalty totally overrated. Oh. I'm, 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 I'm over it. Yeah, I'm we to did. the point of my travel career where I'm done with it.
0: And you know, we just talked about that like yesterday. Where my whole thought process this whole time has been American because they're cheaper. Just about every day, it's like fifty bucks or something. Yeah. And then I, you add the bags in, and it's like another eighty bucks. But like you know, you talked about. Like that kind of reset my mindset on things because it's like, oh, yeah, Delta's like another 50 bucks. Well, it's a direct flight and I'm not on the plane for eight hours. Correct. Or something. Yeah, so, yeah. So,
1: OK, so you're going to get there in five rather than nine hours. Yeah. So that's four hours of time. What's your time worth? You can figure that out with mm-hmm. your, you know, just divide your salary by hours and there's your hourly rate typically. Right. And then the stress of having to connect and then the risk of potentially missing the connection for whatever reason. And it's just like you pencil it out, you're better off just spending for a direct flight But remember, you, most of the time.
0: I remember seeing you say something about that. This isn't the first time you've, I've heard you say that in the last couple of weeks. And me and Jay were just talking about this the other day in the car. And he's like, I was just listening to the podcast where Aaron talks about airlines and loyalty. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if that applies anymore. So you might have to go do and redo some of the internal podcasts. What, airlines and loyalty? Yeah, because you... You talked pretty heavily like a year ago about how you need to stick with one airline. Oh, and build your things up, and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you might have to
1: see. That's adjust that's
0: a- because of your new vision. Well, that's an example.
1: I I have done more of that in the past year than ever before. Of yes, here is my very strong opinion, and then six months later, here is my new very strong opinion in the complete opposite direction of what my previous strong opinion was because right. I was wrong. And I have learned new information, mm-hmm. and then you throw that out idea out. You grab the new one. You are like, "Hmm, this is better for me right now," and then this one will probably be wrong in a year, and I'll probably be like, "You should just fly with one airline, or even, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed at that point,
0: I don't have to deal with airlines anymore." True. Um, see, that's the difference between me and you is that I'm never wrong. Mm-hmm. So sure. Um, Do we
1: we we uh. uh we should probably talk about something of substance on this
2: podcast. If you want.
0: We we did. We don't have to do the intro thing anymore. No
2: way, man. We're in it. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, We're we've deep been, in it. Been okay. for a while now. For,
0: hold on. Before we do that, first order of business. I just went to Walgreens before, we, before I came in because I have allergies and I haven't been on my meds in a couple of days. Uh-huh. I was standing at the, the checkout. Reese's cups with potato chips in them. Weird. At the front counter. And
1: I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. That uh, might be good. We want a little crunch in there, you know. How do you see te- that is such an American thing? How do we take this Reese's peanut butter cup, this candy, and let's make it even, even more garbage for you? That is the visual. Oh, why don't we? Well, and there's like a potato chip bag sitting on the counter, and they're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Like it's like me and you, oh, and we're the Reese's engineers, and I just had some Lay's potato chips, and I'm like. Why don't we sprinkle some of those into the fucking peanut butter
0: cup? Yeah. Well, that's it. There that, you go. That is the visual representation of having no ideas left and just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what well, sticks.
1: But I feel like that's what all these chip companies are doing now. Uh, all yeah. the different flavors. Yeah. of. Oh, yeah. Let's just make, uh, you know, oak bark and, uh, spicy potato chips. Yeah. What? What? what Huh? Yeah, I don't get it. I'm a pretty big snack guy, but I don't get some of that stuff. On oh, the chicken and waffles? Because you also have to think, okay, a potato I didn't chip. I did hate them. Like a potato chip. It's not great for you, but it's, it's just a, a fried potato at yeah. the end of the day. Sure, yeah. there's some witchcraft when you get into the mass-produced stuff, but mm. it's just a potato. But then you start flavoring them. That flavor, it's not like they take chicken and maple syrup, mix it together, and that's your flavoring. Yeah, It's just straight up. A hundred different chemicals to create that flavor. It's gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) That is not good for you. And that's what a lot of construction workers eat daily. I mean, potato chips are not the worst thing that I consume. Okay. Dirt talk. Uh, Yesterday, Bill (laughs) at Excavating Grading had a big job in town.
2: We did. Um, An actual job and not like a... Frittering around job? No, it was is this was this was a big time contract. Yeah, no, we got we, we, we put
0: a bid in and we had to get a performance bond and everything. <laughs> I had to send my insurance information over.
1: Yeah,
2: wow. Um, yeah, we
0: bid it at zero dollars and we got it. Sure. So I'll be honest, that's real low bid. I I showed up on site, um, in you know in typical building grading fashion. I didn't wake up until about eight thirty. <laughs> I went to Dutch Bros, sat in the line at Dutch Bros for forty five minutes, and then I showed up around ten. And then I sat on my phone and took a nap for a while, but. I got on site and you were working for that was out there grinding. Probably about 8 hours already cuz we start at the crack of dawn. Uh-huh. At at 3:30 in the morning. And um I'll be honest, I had no idea what we were even trying to accomplish out there. I didn't know the scope of work. All I knew that was dirt was going left to right, yep. right to left. Um so then um in fairness what did you do oh. i would have I, in fairness
1: we would have been good to go if if it wasn't nearly as wet out
0: there it was still wet after i processed it all yeah but if if
1: we had if if it had, had another few days that would have been prime and there wouldn't have been all that muck that wouldn't that pile of yeah. muck cuz the problem was the rake was picking up all the like the okay
0: i think we need more context
1: wet layer of shit on yeah. top and the weeds yeah okay. because at the end when i got into it i wasn't Creating big old piles. I was just, it, it was, was just that
0: one spot because I wasn't graded yeah, properly the yeah, first time. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, for context, what is Bill with grading? Bill with grading, Bill with excavating grading. Bill and excavating or grading. We're full service. We, we do it all. Um, for some people that don't understand, this is a running joke. Yeah. At the company, it's a fictional construction. Company. It does not exist, people. Mm-mm. Okay.
1: Yeah. But it's also the biggest. Even and though, most capable earth-moving contractor in the world. Yes.
0: And even though I am the official vice president of Billwit Grading and Excavating, uh, and my paycheck shows that, um, it is not it's not all there. Um, that is a hard concept for people to wrap their heads around it. Well,
1: that's why I keep doing it.
0: It's hilarious.
1: I did it April Fool's last year, created a fictional grading company mm-hmm. just on the internet. Then we got the Skid Steer. Yeah. And now it's legit legit
0: build it excavating grading we got a truck as kids during a trailer we, got, we, we are a full bore contractor contractor. Ninety five percent of the grading contractors i was gonna North say right now. people
2: make a full-time income with that's, that exact setup and we have a right. fuel tank that's right you that's want,
1: that's big time production uh, we have a fuel tank that leaks a little
0: bit <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we are
0: <laughs> that i've never used we okay
1: so it has all diesel in it
0: that's right so we have we have a hundred thousand dollar truck yeah we have uh, the nicest trailer you can buy and we've got uh, a skid steer that has 25 hours on it so yeah that we've already that roll, we owned rolled for... and rebuilt once and we... <laughs> we don't have to get into that right now and then we got forks that we've never used yeah i took
1: that I, were in the better than pickup I made for a joke months.
0: i made a joke the other day that i picked them up eight months ago it was eight months ago yeah it actually they've actually so been sitting we there. we had a for...
1: pair of skid steer forks in the back of another pickup truck yep. for eight months oh
0: man but they're so fucked it's, up. it's it's
1: it's, it's so much fun. I, so having a skid steer and running, running uh, doing, doing some work uh-huh. is one, therapeutic for me. I just like being in a machine. You know this as well as it's I do. It's
0: not therapeutic for me when you run a machine. Well, <laughs> but when you're not. <laughs> you need good therapy afterwards. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I very much enjoy being in this seat of a machine. That's one. Two, it, it, it helps me broaden my perspective on what contractors do day to day. If I, and, sure. and it's not, I'm not saying I'm living the life of a contractor for even a day, right. but even like having to chain a machine down, you're just sitting there thinking, this is a pain in the ass. This is, this sucks. Yeah. Like I get why people don't chain their equipment down because yeah. this, this is really
0: annoying. Yeah. Think about a low boy guy who's, we only have, um, we got the small chains. Like we're only, yeah. we're only set up to move like a 308. Dude, someone like Can chaining you, down a D11 yeah. for transport. They're throwing around the big shit. Imagine doing that, like. 30 times a day, maybe. Oh, my
1: God. No wonder you have to go eat your Reese's potato
0: chip just to keep up with the calories you, you're you need You need endorphins to get through your day, and that's the only thing that's going to <clears> give them to you.
1: Um, I uh, Yeah, so it, it, gives, it gives me a much better perspective on... Because I can be around job sites all day long, mm-hmm. but until you actually put yourself in that position, it's a different ball game. And I've worked for construction companies. Someone was the other day like... You should, you should be a laborer because you don't know shit until you're a laborer. It's like, well, that's where I started in the industry. I yeah. started as a laborer. So I've been in a ditch with a shovel. I've done my time. Yeah. Um, but actually, like, just being out there on your own, responsible for a piece of equipment, no safety net, no one to really guide you. You kind of just have to figure it out as you go.
0: I, I, and I've should. Never,
1: I didn't grow up with any of this or nothing. So I am, like, I am learning everything from scratch. Yeah. I, I can't call out my old man and be like, Hey pops, how the fuck do I chain down a machine? Because yeah. he's gonna. He's gonna. Well, and that's what are you even talking about? Chain down a machine. True,
0: And that's, I'm a lawyer. I, I, you know, that's my first call with anybody these days. If I have something that happens or it, what your dad? Yeah, like my whole. career. You I mean your dad? Yeah, no, your dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a lawyer, so if you yeah. have legal trouble. Um, maybe one day I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> you never know. Um, bill grading excavating goes to some wacky places. Um, but that's my. That's the guy that taught me everything, whether it was him or um, my uncle or my grandfather, but mostly my dad, Um, which uh, I hate saying sometimes, but I'm still proud of that because I had somebody like that. Um, And that's recently given me a different perspective on things because not everybody had that. It's taken me a while to realize that the people in this industry don't all have like their first generation blue collar Mm -hmm. and I'm third. So it's yeah. like a lot of, yeah. so, so the reason that I'm so young and the reason I, I okay, so my last, my last job title before I came here was project manager estimator. I was basically running the whole very small side of a company that just did dirt work.
1: I forgot about that.
0: It was a very short stint because the company sucked. That's why I'm here. Remember that <laughs> I wanted a D3 and they wanted the speedboat <laughs> and I quit that. So that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, um, the reason I got... I was only 24 when I did that. Yeah. Okay, so there's not a lot of 24-year-olds that can successfully bid on work, do the work, hire people, understand the people you need to hire, understand how to make people work, and, and manage those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that job is like an end of your career. kind. Of, that's like the last step before retirement kind of job for a lot of guys. Um, and the reason I was so successful at that was because and I could go back to doing that tomorrow anywhere. um, is because um, I, I got the, the early part of my career out of, out of the way when I was born. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's pictures of me on my dad's lap in a, a 16G riding around a quarry on a Sunday. So the, the, the chaining down a machine, the how to use a shovel without looking like an idiot, um, cleaning tracks keeping a machine clean not mm-hmm. rubbing the counterweight like all that stuff was you know before I was 14 out of the way sure you know what I mean like all the basic <clears throat> the the baseline stuff that you need to have to work in this industry that people collect when they get into uh, when they're either 18 didn't go to college or got out of college or however they got in the industry it takes them that amount of time to collect that so <clears throat> I've had to kind of like reset myself when I came to work here because going around the country and, and seeing all these different things and meeting all these different people, it's like, Oh, I'm a little further ahead, but I feel like I'm 50 sometimes because I have a lot more knowledge than people. And I kind of take that for granted. Um, and where I was going with that is um, people are always like, well, you know, how did you, how did you learn how to do this so fast? I'm like, well, I spent a lot of time with my dad and I've, I've had it a couple times where it's like, I would, I'd be working on a site with my dad mm-hmm. under him or beside him or wherever. It's like, oh, just the boss's kid fucking up something else or whatever. Well, and I, I hated that. It drives me nuts. Which sucks because I always enjoyed working with my dad. And I felt like um, – I never really felt like I needed to go work somewhere else to not feel like that. But it just – I don't know. I hated well, hearing it sometimes. And But in this
1: industry, it's just it's just flat out wrong too mm-hmm. because usually – if you're the boss's son in a blue-collar trade, you, you are worked harder than anybody else. And you have been working like that yeah. since a sm- – like the standards yeah. are so much higher for you than they are anybody else. And sometimes they're, they're too, arguably – and I've seen this happen a lot – so high yep. that they're not achievable, yep. which crushes some of, these, some of these young kids. But it's that it, – it drives me nuts that everybody has to be the, the fucking toughest guy Mm-hmm. On the job site. And it's such a small, so a small minded approach. And it, all that is, I'm just trying to discount you because it makes me feel better yep. b- based on where I'm at because I'm not where I wanna be. So you must have gotten a leg up and all these advantages. And sure, it is an advantage, but also you've had to utilize it as such. And I earned every seat or job that I got. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, I had this. So, like, what was I supposed to do? Tell my dad to go fuck himself? Yeah. And at six years old, no dad, I want to go do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I no input whatsoever. And then go get a job when you were like, what are you even talking about? So, and that's where I, I came from this other background where, yeah, I grew up well off. Yeah. I grew up around business owners my entire life. Yeah, Yeah. They're really fucking wealthy people. Okay. Like that was the reality of my childhood. I'm going to take that and I'm going to use the hell out of it because I was given this gift. I'm going to make the most of that gift. Fucking sue me! Like, what am I supposed to do? Sit around and oh, yeah.
0: and I was just going to be s- a shithead instead. Well, I was just going to say you could have easily gone and and been a shithead, or you know, being a, a shithead a, is
1: really easy when you grow up very wealthy.
0: But I've also met your dad, and he's told me straight up that he would have never let that happen because he wouldn't. He would have never funded you to go fuck off. No, like I know your dad. Yeah, and he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't pay for this.
1: I wish he did. Yeah. I tell people that, and I mean it. Like, that'd be sick. Oh, yeah. Like if my dad actually helped
0: financially the business, it'd make everything way easier. Yep. But he bought an NSX, so. <sighs> <laughs> um, but no, um, the, last, the last job that I had where I was working with my dad, um, it would have been three years ago. And I was running the only new dozer on the job, and I earned that seat. was it Komatsu. It was the D51 that I ran. Was the first time I ran a Komatsu for a long period of time with the astroturf, with the astroturf in the in the floor. So I mm-hmm. kept okay. So mm-hmm. that was something else that my dad taught me was keep the machine clean. <laughs> yeah. That's where you live. Um, and it drives me nuts that people like don't take care of their equipment because they spend so much time in there. Mm-hmm. Like I, that size of machine, that D fifty one size class, like 35 40000 forty thousand pound machine. From From there to like a D6 or a D8 in some cases, that machine's everywhere all day long, always doing something, especially if you have GPS, you always have something to do, so there's no room for me to get out and just hang out for like an hour and take a lunch break, yeah, which I did. but um you're always busy, so there's no room for you to just like get out and hang out and um if you have to be in that environment all day, why do you want to be in dirt or with trash on the floor, dip spit on the? Fucking Windows, it gets
1: some of them pretty gross.
0: Yeah, so I had that yeah. machine. Um, uh, let's see, I got it at twenty five hours. Uh, the guy before me, total pig, made a mess out of it. I had to. I spent two days just cleaning dip spit and sunflower seeds off the floor. Gross. Mm. So it was nasty. Um, got it cleaned up, um, and got it smelling better, not like like bad. And then. Um, I had this great idea because I used to take my boots off because if you're running, or, believe it or not, your your knees will actually be worse off if you're wearing boots in the machine all day. Now, I'm not disclaimer. Please don't take your boots off if you're in an environment that doesn't allow for this.
1: Yeah, you'd you'd at a big company that's that's a
0: no no for sure against their safety. And policy. it was against this company's safety policy as well. I I can see it because if my machine caught on fire, I yeah, and it, I had to get my get out in hurry. I'd be yes, barefoot. Yeah, so I get it, but. I'm smart enough to to. That's fine, um. But I was like, you know, it'd be cool and really bougie is if I ordered astroturf and custom cut it to fit the floor of the machine. That's what I did. It looks. It was really nice and yeah. it swept out really easily. So and I got a lot of shit for that. But
1: dude, they in um Saudi Arabia, those guys have their cabs. Oh all decked yeah, out.
0: I love seeing videos of those guys online. Oh, oh yeah, like the tractors and things that they have over there. And yeah, they just they've got up. and they've got. I'm not I wasn't that they'll have curtains in their machines so it'll
1: be a brand new 349 Mm -hmm. next gen 349 with curtains ridiculous curtains yeah and and and, and, like the little string across and they can they can pull draw the curtains so that there's no sun in their face or they can
0: just sleep that started like in the trucker culture it's sick it is it's sick it's just too much for me the, car, the carpet wasn't enough for me to keep up with. Well,
1: what we were talking about this morning, I like how a company like Mushlitz, they put the operator's name on the machine, like operated and maintained by. Is that, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the wording, operating and maintained by. Yep. And then whoever's name is, is whoever's machine that is. Yep. That's there a was, very effective way to create a strong sense of ownership.
0: Okay. So that is, okay. So I've worked for that company. Um, not all people know that, but like my career has come full circle where I'm taking pictures and talking to the owner of the company that I used to work for. you
1: photographed point. the machines that yes, you've run in the past, which is so cool for me. Yeah.
0: Um, and like that machine. So let's use an example. So I was running a D6T when I was like there. You used to be respected and now you're just a guy taking pictures. No, like, I'm fuck just that an guy. asshole that gets in trouble on site and, and, and gets the foreman in trouble because yeah. I walk on site without doing the site safety yeah, presentation. God forbid. So um, that D6 that I was running, um, I think it's only seen four operators. I was the second, I ran it for a little bit, and then I went to somebody else, and now it's on its fourth guy. And that guy's had it for 3,000 hours, I think. Wow. So when you go work at that company, you're on that machine, and I would say 95% of the time, that's your machine. Mm -hmm. If you're getting moved from job to job or something, you might get on, they have like I don't know, maybe 10 machines that are just floaters and fill in like a, an older track loader, an older, things like that, like a 330C. Um, but almost every machine there has a dedicated person on it. They have, okay, so we were talking about the track loader this morning. They have a 973C. It, it has It just got a 10,000-hour rebuild last winter, so it's probably close to 11,000 hours now. That's actually not
1: too bad for a C model.
0: No, the engine threw a rod through the side of the block. Yeah. Yeet. yeah. Um, that's, that's a pricey one. But that machine has seen two operators, I think. And that guy that's running it will not run anything else. Hmm. Like he he will, but if he yeah, if he had a choice, that's well.
1: And the whole uh, moving operators around equipment or or sticking operators to a, I under there's multiple schools of thought. Mm -hmm. And one isn't more right than the other. Like, I understand the dispatching nightmare that creates and the resource allocation nightmare that creates. If you're pairing people with equipment, it creates some potential problems. It's doable, though, if you plan around it. But it's doable. And the company culture that that creates over there. Exactly.
0: I don't know any other company like that. And
1: I would argue that the... The better way to do it is stick operators with machines because and and all these companies, they just look at it from a production standpoint, from a resource allocation standpoint, and they just look at it like a numbers game Mm -hmm. and they forget that it's also a human being game. And so they just and, and what does that do to a guy? If you if you're caring for this machine and then you're pulled out and you're put in a pile of shit and you're sitting there like, what the what the hell? Yep. Um. So I think it's far better off from a human being standpoint, productivity standpoint, pride standpoint, if you keep people paired with equipment as much as possible.
0: Well, and they take care of it. They take the pride in it. And, you know, that's why why I ended up working at that company is like where I picked up on that shit, like really taking care of stuff.
1: And in fairness, too, this is not a company digging residential basements. No. This is a company doing the biggest earth moving jobs in that part of the country.
0: Yeah. They're doing a six million, five or six million yard job right now right so yeah
1: this is a very care- capable large company this is not and, this little pipsqueak operation
0: and having that attitude like that's that's the attitude and and like the level of responsibility that gets me in those new machines when i'm you know when i was working that that was the reason why i was in the d51 yeah because i not because my dad was the the site superintendent because i was going to take care of that machine and i had the gps knowledge that was the other thing the other guy didn't know how to use GPS. And I was productive. The other guy would go and take a nap. Well, that's
1: the, it's the intelligent machine, so it's all integrated, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. Mm-mm. It was massless. Yeah. It was a 51PXI-24. <laughs> yes. Yes. Does that mean anything to you? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Komatsu P- machine, it's like,
0: yeah, it's P- a Komatsu dozer. PX is LGP. EX is standard track. I didn't even know that. The I is intelligent, and then the dash 24 or dash 22 or dash 23, that's the model series. So So I'm— T, X, um, eg whatever, whatever cat
1: is. People people think I know everything about equipment. I'm not a technical mind. I have a very limited understanding of equipment compared to most people I meet on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But I understand the big picture. Yes, a lot better than most people.
0: Sizes and weights. That's all you really need. And And what works where. Yeah,
1: and like like someone saying, well, why don't you use this machine over this machine? And I'm sitting there looking at big picture like, no, you jackass. This was sitting in the yard. It's paid for. Of course they're going to use this rather than go try to rent something that you can't even rent right now. Like, yes, you're right. But also you're completely wrong based on big picture
0: Financial logic in this industry. The, the bias thing, is it's, it's all... I hate, like, the, well, oh, I have to buy this brand because it's better. Like, and I'm the same way. Like, I'm very vocal about those Komatsu Dozers. But at the end of the day, if I had an old D6 or, or some John Chris, Deere... Chris, Chris just bought an old D6. Oh, did he? One owner. Really? Yeah.
1: One owner, low hour. D6...
0: How have I not seen that? Shit! He they, just
1: posted it. He sent me a picture of it.
0: I don't see a lot of stuff these days because and then he sent
1: me, and then he posted on the internet. I get. Let's dig sends me insider information before it goes on the internet. I don't even watch his videos though, because I don't have time for that. Wow, you're a real. I, you're I tell real. him that every single time. Like I, dude, I, I, I don't know why so many people
0: watch your videos. You're a real friend. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, he just bought. It's just a. It has a brush guard, open cab.
0: There's a lot of land clearing though. It's so a, that's
1: good that he bought that. It's a, it's a, it's
0: a good looking machine. Yeah. Um. But regardless of what it is, I'm gonna do the same job. The machine's a machine. It is. They have their qualities. Like I, I like the 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 Komatsu trim dozers because I like the visibility and I like the the way the controls are set up, and it's just a comfortable machine to run. But do you, do you want to know why I bought a Cat skid Um, I feel like you've told me this before, but I don't remember. I think they look better. Do you want to hear an unpopular opinion that I thought of last night while running it until uh, 7 o'clock? I don't think anybody makes a good track loader, a good, a good compact track loader. I don't think anybody does.
1: So this is my problem with the OEMs right now, and I'm starting to realize it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. They're so focused on each other that they're not thinking about how do I just build the best products possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're so con- I, I, it, There was this presentation not too long ago. And it was a manufacturer talking about their machine compared to all of the other machines in the same size class. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole, th- and I'm sitting there, do you guys, do you guys listen to what you're talking? Why does it matter? Yeah. Why does it matter what the other guys are doing Yep. that is not actually useful information if you think about a big picture? Oh, 100%. Like I get you have to do benchmarking. I understand that's part of it. I'm not dumb enough to think that's, that's part of it, but do it. And then, okay, good. And then, and then go about your business. Why is that the whole
0: sales pitch? We're better
1: than the other guys. Why does it fucking matter? Because it costs money to re-engineer the, the wheel. I just don't I don't understand
0: the, it. The skid steer concept has been exactly the same since Mel Rowe or Bobcat, whoever, came out with it in the 70s. And maybe it's the best way to do it. It's, but it's a know. guy in the middle with a cage around him and, on, and the, the tracks of wheels on the outside and your bucket's in front of you. If I'm a big, I'm a big contractor and I need to rent a hoe... It doesn't matter what you get. You just need an excavator. Yeah, I don't care. You're not gonna.
1: You're not gonna sit there, call the rental company. Oh, oh, so it's not Caterpillar. Mm." Now I'm gonna do that personally. Well, of course. Yeah, well, if I need a cat, I'm gonna go to Cat.
0: Yeah. Um. Thompson Cat. Yeah.
1: Thompson machinery. My, yeah, Thompson machinery, yeah, Thompson Machinery. Thompson Because there's multiple
0: Thompsons. Yeah, don't go to the don't go to the other one. Go to the Thompson, Thompson Machinery, your thank, local Nashville cat dealer. Thank you, Thompson, for helping us out with everything we do and for all of our repairs. So, but that <laughs> I take off my fleet manager hat. Now I <laughs> will,
1: but okay, nine out of ten times, based on my uh un- informal polling, people buy machines based on dealer support, hundred percent, not because wow, I saw this. Uh, this press release, and it says it's fifteen percent, fifteen percent more efficient. Well, that's the machine for me. If it's fifteen percent more efficient,
0: I need to buy that. In all honesty, that's I why we bought so, our skid steer.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think <laughs> the skid, cat skid one, But then two, I know, I Thompson. Like I just take it down, Thompson. They, it's take everything's taken care of. Everything's taken care of. They well, make it so easy and I don't have to worry about a single thing. And mm-hmm. so that's, a, it's a huge, huge advantage over, over other people. But yes, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's dealer support, De- yep. dealer support,
0: dealer support, dealer support, dealer yep. support, dealer support, dealer support. I feel like a lot of people, I, I run into so many people that just go out of the way to not use cat and it's like, boy, that's gotta be hard. Yes. Like, Unless you have a, a, a great other dealer support network, like John Deere offers mostly everything that Cat it de- offers.
1: It all depends on the region. It all exactly. depends where you're
0: at. It's all region to region. Yeah. Um, but I always hear the story of like, oh, I don't use Cat because they screwed me over one time. Yeah, this salesman screwed me over. I'm like, oh, I'm
1: like, really? Well, he
0: probably didn't like call you back or something on a Friday afternoon and you got mad yeah. and you just decided to go.
1: Yeah. Or he couldn't give you like a 50% discount on a new <sighs> machine when they don't have new machines.
0: Like, I don't know. This is such guys. an emotional industry.
1: Well, it's such it's, an emotional ego driven.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's very ego driven. There's big egos. But that's where Yeah, the equipment thing is just like such a weird from an I try to look at it from an outside perspective. I'm just like, do you guys do you guys actually think about
0: how you approach no. How you approach this kind of stuff? I, I, I and like from a cost perspective too, like um yeah. I don't know.
1: But but again, as I always say, my opinion is completely worthless. Mostly, yes. Because I'm, I'm a fake contractor. Yes. Uh, so, Eric, what, what have you... Can you explain what you've been doing for the past week? I mean, like, breaking down. To, trying to how much... get this podcast back on track here. Okay.
0: How, much, how much do you want me to
2: talk about it?
1: I... Well, don't get too granular, but I'm trying to get at the I whole... I don't know if you The want... whole training thing. Yeah, yeah. I oh, just... yeah. We've been recording training software. Okay. Or training content. I don't know if anything was build with training. BuildIt.com. The you... BuildIt app. Have you checked that out? Got have it. you seen BuildWit leaders? Got that's it. all I just want. I just want this to turn into a big promotional commercial sure. for BuildWit and our offers. I'm nothing more than a capital. Because that's the only you. strategy okay. behind the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Got it. I've seen the videos, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last week we were on our fourth or fifth shoot for BuildWit training. Um, so for those that don't know, we are developing a virtual training app to Basically cover all the bases of the industry, okay? Yeah. Um, It's not just operator training. It's not just labor training. It's everything. Eventually, if there's going to be anything you want to know, whether it's how to clear land or how to build a road or how to dig a foundation or how to lay pipe and anything in between, like um, just basic laboring skills or people management. Um, Last week, we did a, a course on introduction to foreman which I really wish I had like five years ago when mm-hmm. I was getting into supervision roles. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just trying to um, cut out the amount of time that people spend learning new skills on site. We're trying to alleviate the hard lessons that I had to learn, that Jay had to learn, and all the other people that are helping develop this content.
1: And this is where we need to be careful about our messaging. Okay. Because
0: we're not trying to
1: replace anything. We're trying
0: to 100 percent
1: We're trying to accelerate the learning curve here, but it is not at the same time a replacement for actual experience and learning legitimate lessons. Yes right? this is. It's, it's like, I can go read a book on how to build a business, and I can get some really helpful information that's going to help me build the business, but it's not going to be a substitute for getting kicked in the pants over and over and over again, yeah and actually trying to figure out how to build the business.:
0: 100 percent. You're still going to have to apply your own. Knowledge and skills yes. to develop your own skill set with this knowledge, but yes, I, I feel like I've seen that a couple times already. And just to like clear the air, this is not the end all be all to no. make a better operator or make the perfect labor. Well, they still have to apply themselves and use the knowledge accordingly.
1: Ex- well, think GPS for example. Does does a GPS blade make a good blade hand? No, no, no. You need to be a good blade hand. You need to you know need how to dirt works. You need to g- know how to read plans. You need to know how to read plans. You need to know how dirt works. You need to know what... Which you'll be what able to learn and build with training. Other, <laughs> what other equipment's doing. You need to learn how to um, set up your work. You yeah. need to know how to um, run that, just understand that how that machine works in the first place. You need to understand GPS, modeling, all that jazz. You put it all together, yep. and then you can become a weapon at finishing if you're a damn good blade hand with the experience Plus a good understanding of GPS, you will be absolutely unstoppable.
0: And even that, we're gonna give you all the information you need to do. All that. the information. Yeah. But you just have to apply it. Yes. We're not gonna bait, we're not gonna hold your hand and hey, this is how you do it. Just yeah. do it like we're doing it. You have to like have the baseline ability to apply this knowledge. Like it's like learning another language. They're not gonna just start talking through your brain for you. You have to physically understand how to yeah accept that knowledge and talk.
1: Well, and I, and, and so, like I said, I'm trying to be really careful about our, our language. Sure. And I don't want to be some just jackass company that says, comes in and, oh yeah, we can solve all your whole people problem. Easy peasy. we we'll just buy our software and your problems are gone. Bullshit. That's mm-hmm. not absolutely yep. so far from the reality. This is just another tool To help you, these are human beings. So it's like, great, I'm a foreman and now I have a tool to help train my laborers more effectively. Mm -hmm. So they don't show up day one and they're a total liability. But that doesn't mean I get to skip spending my time and energy and thought training these people and investing in these people. I just have another tool to help me do that. And it's a really
0: cool tool that doesn't currently exist. Here's my favorite example of a use of this tool that we're creating. So we talked about how my dad helped me through a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I learned a lot from him. Mm -hmm. We talked about how not everybody has that. Yeah. Not everybody has a a father figure growing up that some of them, some of you guys have gotten into this industry like you did. Totally different background than anything your family ever thought about doing. And you just decided to go be a fucking construction laborer one day. Yep. Okay. This is for you six or seven years ago. Okay. It would have been awesome. How would, okay. If you're a new laborer, how cool would it be to have a platform that you can go on, on your phone, on an app, and learn all the basics of the stuff that's happening around you all day? Yes. The, the, okay. Why is this guy carrying on about why I should be shoveling like this? Or, you know, the operator is asking me to do some things I don't understand how to do. Yeah. Why it's is shoveling your, tracks important? It's in your back pocket now. Yeah. So it's like- we're, we're making that. So so we're giving everybody,
1: basically Eric's dad, in your back pocket.
0: Yeah. Hope you like getting yelled at and having wrenches thrown at you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it, it really is cool too, because me, you know, as a young buck in the industry, it's, it is intimidating as hell to show up on a job site for your first day. Yeah. Or even new company. Mm-hmm. You've been in the industry for a while, just showing up at a new company, just going to a new job site with new crews yep. under working under a new GC. Maybe I'm going from a labor to an operator. It's, It's fucking scary. It's intimidating. And okay, you can act like the biggest tough guy in the world. But deep down, I know you're probably scared shitless. Or at least that's where I've been. That's where I'm at right now running my business. It's like, fuck, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm scared shitless. But I'm learning every day. And if I had this tool where I didn't have to admit, I don't know what the hell that is. Mm -hmm. But I can go learn this on the side. And oh, holy shit, that makes so much more sense. And I can show up. And I can actually be more valuable yep. and help people out and not have to potentially ask that stupid question yep. or make that really stupid mistake that I'm laughed at. Boom. There you go.
0: So I, I really wanted that when I was transitioning to a foreman and I didn't, I was the exact same mindset. It's something like, it's, I don't know if it's a pride thing or just, I think a lot of people in our generation are built the same way. Like they don't want to ask, the, they just want to know it. I think that's why a lot of people Cuz we're learn.
1: used to just going to the fucking internet exactly. for whatever we need.
0: Exactly. And I'm not going to lie to you, a lot of that content's out there, but it's just everywhere. Oh. It's, it's everywhere. manufacturer biased in a lot of cases. Yes. It's it's theory based and it's just a lot of it's just talking out your ass. Um and I really wanted that to to just have the ability to go online and be like, "Okay, how do I read this set of plans?" Like I didn't learn a lot of uh basic stuff like um grade rods were like a big mystery to me still because my dad would teach it to me. And I'd be like, ah, whatever. I don't need that. I have GPS now. So like I had to learn ground rods or or grade rods from the ground up. Oh, grade stakes? Yeah. Yeah. Grace why am I saying grade stakes. Yeah. Cause I never had to use them. Um and then learned that and that was all the company used then. Um so it's just We shot this last week. We shot the former, that's why it's so fresh in my brain. We shot this, and I was the on-camera extra talent. So we, it's it's a conversational piece. So it's me talking to um, Jeremy Bryan, who is the the director of field operations at Blunt, mm-hmm. twenty five years of experience, super great guy. Um, and it's just me, you know, going back and forth, and we're talking about this stuff. And the reason that. I wanted to do that is because that course, that, that training, is built for me and my peers uh, f- four or five years ago when I needed it. Yeah. So I knew exactly what I wanted to say. I knew exactly the information that I wanted to convey to the people that need it now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's, it's going to be super valuable because it's relevant. It's, it's being told by people of experience. Um, and it's it just, it's not, I feel like people are hearing the word training and they're thinking should train." they're thinking OSHA training, they're yeah. thinking Bedford Butte. Yeah, OSHA 30 or... That yeah. is not what we're doing. Yeah. We are not making this cut and dry, we're following regulations, this is all useful information that's not just rules-based. Correct. You know, this is stuff that you're going to want, this stuff you're going to need. Um... And I think it's going to help so many people with their career. I really do.
1: It's it's really exciting. It's it's really exciting, and it's not like like you've been in the fields. We have Jay Callup, who's been around the, the fucking block to say the least. Yeah, and he he'd be great on the podcast yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's in motion. Yeah, he'd be sure. fantastic. Um, and then the cool thing about the place we're in a with is we
0: know a lot of very intelligent people and, very experienced people in this industry. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that me as a 26 year old is experienced and knowledgeable enough to tell you everything and every little milk and cranny of the industry and do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Jay's been in it 25, 30 years longer than I have. And he's going to tell you the same thing. Yeah. But, but sometimes, but sometimes it's where it comes from too. That's like true.
1: Your dad could tell you something or some guy that you can kind of relate to can tell you the exact same thing.
0: You're more likely to listen to the other guy than your old man. 100%. 100%. Um, but we have – that's why we're not doing it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're bringing in industry experts to, to, to help guide. We're just kind of here to keep the rails on track and help deliver it better. Yeah. So that's what I've been working on. We're marrying
1: BuildWit's core competencies, um, the ability to um, share information broadly, social media, our network. The ability to produce content. Mm-hmm. That's what we've done for four years. The ability to find experts and aggregate them into one place. Okay. Yeah. So we we're really good at that. And then we let the experts do what they do. We're trying to create this content specifically for people in the industry. And this is just Dirt World. We're not also making it for GCs. Mm-hmm. We're not also making it for residential construction. Yeah, we're not doing just Dirt World.
0: Yeah, we're not doing a vertical construction course. No, Must we get into maybe like foundation digging, but that'd be that'd be about. I don't think we'll do that for a while. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're not doing carpentry. We're not doing plumbing, inter- no, no, interior interior no, plumbing, I should say. We're gonna do because no, that's the utilities. problem with all these
1: all these training courses out there and all this training out there. Is a lot of it is just traditional trades, HVAC, plumbing, <laughs> so on and so forth. But what about digging a hole? What about reading a grade stake? What about running GPS on a blade? Hmm.
0: And not to sound biased, but I think we can do it the best because we don't have a lot of corporate bias. Correct. And we don't have a lot of people. The people that we do have helping us out, I think, are in our corner and want, want exactly what we want.
1: Well, the first shoot, like what equipment brands did you have at the first shoot? Everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. We got one of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to tell say the real reason why we didn't have a certain brand there, but we had Deer, we had Komatsu, okay, well, okay. we had Volvo. We, we did. Had
0: we had Manitoba.
1: Takuchi Puchi or Mani- uh, Mani- Manitou. 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 Manitou.
0: It's, it's a Gal repainted. It's the Red Skid Steer. Um, we, did have, we did have a Caterpillar, but it was painted blunt gray. Mm-hmm. It was a D8. But that was the, that was the equipment walk-around one. And we've talked about this. If we have to go buy equipment at
1: auction, we are fully prepared to do that at this point.
0: Don't tempt me with a good time.
1: <laughs> I am, Just I, don't buy one of those D7s that have been in
0: saltwater. I'm pretty sure from that's the first thing I would buy. The, uh, so I'm pretty sure I hold the record for most money spent in a month here because of the, the rental car fiasco last summer when everybody started traveling again. I was spending like two thousand dollars a week on SUVs to get around. That was so we couldn't do anything about it. That was so messed up. I hated that. Yeah, just to get contenters. But I am not afraid to go spend three hundred thousand dollars on it. <laughs> That's not as big of a deal. I've been there. I've been the highest wreck. I've been at the most. So I'm not afraid. At least, to it again. It's a, at least it's an asset. At least it goes on our balance sheet. Yeah, I hated. We uh, don't have very much on our balance I sheet. I hated buying or spending that much on a rental car because it's like, oh, there's you're just throwing it away. There's two thousand dollars we're not getting back. I know. So thank God we're back to. Normal, but yeah. So that's what that's what we're working on. Well, kind of acts to normal.
1: I got a, I got an SUV the other day. They gave us this little Buick that's not much bigger than a sedan. Do you? But it's considered an SUV. Then a, we get a nail in the tire, change it out, and I'm like, oh, thank God, we can get rid of this Buick. And then they give me a Mitsubishi that's an SUV, but it is not an SUV in the slightest. It's a crossover.
0: It's like yeah. Ford Edge.
1: Yes, like it, a Ford Edge. Are
0: you Executive aisle?
1: Yes. Dude, Executive aisle. Yeah, but I was in Key West, so there's no Executive aisle oh, in Key West. Yeah, and yeah. then it was a one-way rental. Okay. So one-way rental, they're just like, we're going to give you the cars that we don't want here so that you can bring
0: them up to wherever the hell you're going and get rid of them. Uh, the last time we were in Key West is me and Justin. And I so badly wanted to do this, but I, I, I wanted to look slightly professional. We had the choice of minivan. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, Justin is like seven feet tall. Yeah, and we have all our gear. The other option was Mazda Miata with no trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and she says that she's like, "Which one do you want?" And I turn to Justin I'm like, "Like oh, Justin, I really want the Miata." <laughs> Justin, do you think we could fit everything in the Miata? And he's like, "No." I Miata. think that's your that's your perfect car. I I so we didn't have to drive on site anymore. I was like, "Oh, I In oh. the Miata. One time we were in Seattle, and I
1: forget who it was, but it was. I had a Tahoe or something like that and they had to go get another rental car and they got something like it was like a Chevy Sonic or like a I think that Honda was me. Fit, that was me. That might have been you. I got a yeah. I got a and It I was you a, and
0: Angel. I got a Hyundai Kona
1: and it was just it looked like a clown car because it was chock all full of shit and
0: yeah. it was you guys. There was no space left in that car. Uh, I hated that. That was like the ending to like my the worst trip we've done
1: if you want if you want car reviews we can probably provide some pretty good because at this point did you see what i, I had have th- driven just about every car did out you there. see what i
0: had this week no i had the new i had the newest truck I've, i i try to get trucks now like a tacoma or a ranger yeah i've been getting a lot of f-150s i they what was a dodge or a oh, ram excuse me ram rebranded okay do you know what they have in the executive aisles now that they just bought a bunch of what nissan titan platinum reserve it's like the King Ranch. At Phoenix. In Yeah. Phoenix, I haven't seen those. Okay. I run from Phoenix all the time. I was, I, I had so many choices to choose from. I was just walking through the Phoenix aisles. And oh, I was it, like, it takes me a while. To, it, Sometimes there's so you many just got to, kinda, go. I, I just, you have so much. <laughs> so I'm like, like, what do I want to drive around <laughs> well, this week? And then I'll sit and wait for five minutes because they're driving in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I'm not the only one that does that. Um, okay. So I, I walked, I was walking around. I was like, I, was like, oh, I might take this Ram because it was the only thing that was there. It was all minivans. And then I got to the back. I was like, is this still executive aisle? And then I was like, oh, that's a new Titan. And it's the fancy one. It's like a King Ranch. Wow. And I got in and I was like, it had 60 miles on it. They, wow. had, they had just parked it there. Wow. And I started driving away. I was like, holy shit. I think I took somebody's personal vehicle. Because <laughs> there's no way I got something this nice in the executive aisle without yeah. paying extra for it. I had it for three and a half days. No, you like, can get some nice ones. It's 120 bucks. Yeah. I was like this is- I'm
1: telling so we rent from National the coolest thing about National is there's something called an executive aisle. Mm-hmm. You just walk out and you get in any car, you show them your license, you drive off. You don't have to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell someone how your day was. You don't have to explain are you traveling for business or pleasure? You don't have to explain are you coming home or are you
0: like none of that. None of that. Uh-huh. You just get in your goddamn car and you leave. I love walking by Boom. the aisles of people just waiting for hours. and then yes, See I don't later. understand why people... <laughs> send, <laughs> I'm going out in my Denali now. Fuck you no, guys. Bye. I, I'll,
1: I'll fly into a small airport and I have to go talk to someone at desk. Ugh. I'm just like, oh Yeah. I have to go talk to somebody and I have to go yeah, sign man. some paper. Are you kidding me? We should do a... I'm obviously being funny, but also...
0: We should do a car review podcast of cars we've rented.
1: Yes. I. So the uh, last time I was in Phoenix my story from phoenix yeah i am sitting there and i'm waiting mm-hmm. i'm like i i need something good yeah because sometimes you're in these cars for a long period you're you're in it for a week you're going to be doing a thousand plus miles you want yep. you want what you want yeah. it, it it really it's a really big deal sometimes and especially when we're going out to sites where you need a four-wheel drive mm-hmm. or you need something bigger yeah so i'm waiting and i don't know what the new jeep is the Compass? No, it's like the new SUV. Maybe oh, the like Grand Wagoneer. That. Yeah. The Grand Wagoneer. Oh, they have those in there now? So they drove one up. They drive one up. No way. Brand new. <laughs> no, no way. No. But here's what happens. Brand new. Drives it up. And it's a guy wearing just like normal clothing and like a normal quarter zip. Uh-huh. And he just looks at me. And I'm, th- I'm looking. I'm like, I don't know if that's a rental. I don't think that's a rental car. And so I kind of, I kind of start walking away. And he gets out. And some other guy walks right up, gets right in it, oh, and no. drives off. I'm like, "Son of a bitch! I wanted to oh. drive that car. I wanted that so bad, just to try it." And then, fortunately, lady drives up in a 4Runner.
0: I'm like, "I
1: will take the 4Runner."
0: So I usually check. I always go for the Tacomas or like the new Ranger. The new Ranger. We should buy a new Ranger. Um, just to, just what are we gonna do with it? It's my personal truck. Now. <laughs> this is my it's my work truck. I need a work truck. Um, but. It's, it's, I get the little pickup trucks because they're, they're better equipped than the F-150s and the Rams because the Rams are base models and the Tacomas are... The Rams are base models. Yeah, yes. And the F-150s yeah. mostly are too. The F-150s the, are too. And the Rangers are Lariats. But p- pulling up on site in a pickup truck to they me... They have a Lariat Ranger? Damn it, oh, I'll send, really? I'll send you the one we need to buy. It's a Lariat Ranger Tremor. It's the closest thing we get to the Ranger Raptor in North America. Whoa. it looks like a little Raptor. Whoa. So that's what I want for my company truck. I really, I want to get the new Raptor. I but I, I like that they put a bigger engine in now. There's
1: just, there's there's zero, you cannot do anything about stepping out of a Raptor and looking like a douchebag. And that's
0: what I was just <laughs> about to get at. You can't solve that. You, yes. Like, you are guaranteed to look <laughs> like a douchebag. And maybe that's... Sorry to any... Jay owns a Raptor and he's going to listen to this. I, I don't <laughs> think you can argue it though. And it's not a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh-huh. It's just,
1: you can't, you can't get out of Raptor. On like, a job wow, site. Yeah, that's a, yeah. On a job, on site, a job I, site. Like, oh, that's a wholesome guy. Like I, I, everybody would be like, that guy's a prick. And they probably already say
0: that about my truck now. Sure. But I like my truck now. Yeah.
1: So maybe I would just like a Raptor. But drive
0: up in a Raptor. Yeah. I have a Raptor. What about it? But there's just something about pulling up on site in any pickup truck. Yes. Instead of it's proper, it's the way it has to be. <clears throat> well, and especially a
1: truck like mine, like a white truck. Yeah. Okay. It's quite noticeable. Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. totally undetectable. It's not the silver, no trim F-150. Mm-hmm. But no one asks you questions when you drive up onto a site like that. I yeah. can, I could go to, I could just drive around a mine site, turn on my flink, blinky lights, drive onto a mine site. I, with, I, I could, I could easily get away with it. Oh yeah. Most I mean, cool. I don't do that, obviously. Because that's wink, against wink. the rules. No, wink, wink. I used to do that yeah. back in the day. Now we can't do it anymore. I am, too I am by the us. book. I am. Be the example today. But it, it, it gives you that. It just gives you credibility. Yeah. Like you don't have to explain yourself as much mm-hmm. if you drive up in a vehicle. But if you drive up in a, a Chevy Sonic to a job site. It's a bad time. Everybody's looking at you like, who, who, uh, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and obviously you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Sorry to anybody that owns a Chevy Sonic. I've, I've, I know a lot of construction guys that drive Chevy Sonics. Ralph Rich. Yes. For the the gas mileage. Mm -hmm. Because I was talking to my my brother about this the other day. He's like, Oh yeah. All the construction guys drive pickup trucks. I'm like, no, not really. You'd be surprised.
0: Not the the good ones.
1: Well, yeah. You go to a construction parking lot, a a lot of smaller cars because they're having to drive an hour plus sometimes and they don't want to be spending on, and then they'll have a truck at home. Yeah. They'll They'll drive on like Friday or something. They'll have two, they'll have two vehicles. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, this was um, unproductive a completely unproductive hour, and I don't think we accomplished anything of value, but that's a, at least a podcast that we can publish.
2: That's Dirt Talk, baby. It's,
1: I got, it's an audio file that you can upload on the internet. Obviously. I got
2: paid either way, so I don't care what happens.
1: <laughs> Me too. We're both Real. You didn't get paid yesterday,
2: though. Wait, you guys get paid to be here? <laughs>
1: No no over, no overtime. <laughs> your brother asked me yesterday. No Sunday double time. Your brother asked me,
0: he's like, So is he paying you to be out here? I'm like, yeah, I'm salary. He's like, It, it covers like 60 hours a week. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't, but it's fine. somebody has yeah. got to clean it up. But also, what would you have been doing yesterday? I would have done absolutely nothing because I was stuck in Nashville for an
1: extra day. Exactly. So you can act upset about it, but also. I don't care. I used to work more anyway. It's fine. I needed that. I,
0: I need to do that.
1: I would, have, I would have figured out how to fix my pile of shit. I would have had to call a company to haul it off.
0: Yeah. All you had to do is I put it in the hole and I spread it out and then I, process, I back dragged it with the Harley rig in reverse. You had to process it. it turned out great. Oh. I took all the stuff that you removed and I put it right back where it belongs. Yeah. Yep. That's all I did. That's all dead
1: nuts on great. It'll drain perfectly. Now. Oh,
0: absolutely not because I did it in the dark and... I was in a rush and I had. To, I,
1: I haven't got a picture from Dylan yet saying, what the hell did you do to the back of my office? I just
0: talked to him before and I asked him how it looks and he said, oh, I'm not in the office today. I was like, well, maybe don't go in today. <laughs> maybe go in tomorrow after it rains for a little while. It's <laughs> just a mud hole. Yeah. I'm good. But last <laughs> night I wasn't that good. So maybe don't go in. Uh, in fairness, though, the lights on the new machines are very bright. Yes, but no. You, they're so big. They only face forward, and you can't turn them down because they hit the cab. So I have to reset. I have to uh, I have to get a bracket or something to bump them out because you can't see the rake. We should just get a light bar. I hate how light bars look, though, because everybody uses them. They look so dumb. I, I want to do what um, what uh, Dirt Ninja has on his. He's got, like, the pods instead of the light bar. Yeah, I like those. I like those way better. They those are better. way better. Like yeah. Euro-styled. Yes. Yeah. Europeans have figured out. Okay, well, this was fun.
1: Okay. I have to, um, I have to pee. Everybody, thanks for Everybody, thanks for tuning in to Wood Third Top. Be on the next one. Peace.